0: How do you focus and tame a wandering mind we all struggle to maintain focus in our daily lives endless distractions keep our brains from focusing on a task as we struggle to learn something as we struggle to get things done at work so how do you set up your environment to naturally trigger a focus state in yourself and that's what we're going to be talking about today this is a very special episode We weren't going to release this but we got such great feedback on this it's one lesson out of 30 from our brand new quick focus blueprint program and you're wondering like what is quick focus blueprint it's a 30-day system i created for busy people who want to master their attention and get ahead in the distracting world and it only requires 10 to 15 minutes a day and so it's really perfect for those who want to declutter your mind who want to triple your focus and concentration so you can learn faster and get things done fast. So if you like this episode, you can join our community and get all 30 training lessons at quickbrain.com forward slash focus. There you'll also get a 50% discount as a thank you for being one of our quick brain listeners. Now let's focus on your focus. We know that few things affect your productivity, your focus, as much as what we surround ourselves with, right? That just makes sense. Yet most of us rarely take the time to step back and really analyze our work environment, the environment that we want to learn in, the environment we want to study in, the environment we want to prepare and, and work in, right? So instead we do have like a default with a lot of our life because we're not, we haven't made it conscious. And I think a big part of transformation is taking the unconscious and making it conscious so you can be aware of it. And then once you're aware of it, you can make changes. Because you have that responsibility and that power. But instead, most people default to set it and forget it approach to their environment. It just happens to be whatever it was set up to be. And that's where they are. But we know we could transform our environment and transform our internal world. There's a book out there that, you know, I always recommend books because I'm an avid reader. And I think it's very important to be able to maintain your focus and fill your brain and mind with positive things that are empowering. There's a great book called Organizing from the Inside Out. Organizing from the Inside Out, the foolproof system for organizing your home, your office, and your life. And so we know that your outside world is a reflection of your inside world, right? When your environment is cluttered, right, how do you feel? But how do you feel when you actually clean your desk when you clean your laptop like what's on your desktop you have clarity of mind you have clarity of thought and you have focus right and there's a long history of creatives and thinkers with cluttered desks though right that's famed. you see these memes on social media or albert einstein and on a very cluttered desk he says if a cluttered desk is a sign of a cluttered mind of what then is an empty desk a sign of, right? And so we know that some stimulus for creative pursuits, you know, a stimulating environment, maybe a little bit more cluttered will stimulate new thoughts and creativity and such. But when it comes to like your work environment, your study, uh, your desk, your closet, excess things in your surroundings can really have a negative impact to your ability to focus and process information and learn and really utilize it. And that's exactly what Princeton University found when they looked at people's task performance in an organized versus disorganized chaotic environment. The results of the study showed that physical clutter in your surroundings competes for your attention. That just makes sense, right? If you have a lot of stuff in your environment, it's going to compete for your attention, resulting in a decreased performance and also an increased level of anxiety and stress. There was a team at UCLA um, that observed... Uh, Los Angeles families and found that all of the mother's stress hormones spike during the time they spent dealing with all the belongings and all the clutter in their environment and similar to we talk about a lot multitasking and what that does to the brain and how it's impossible to be able to switch from one thing to another physical clutter overloads your senses and it makes you feel stressed and it impairs your ability to think creatively to have peace of mind to have clarity of thought So what are some of the things you could do to reduce the clutter in your environment? Because the goal is a clean environment that promotes focus, concentration, and productivity. Good levels of performance and high levels of peace of mind. So here are some useful techniques to be able to manage your clutter and your environment. First of all, you want to apply constraints. I always like this idea of constraints. Constraints of space, constraints of time, because when you have a short runway, it forces you to concentrate. Remember, this is a focus program, but if you have a certain deadline or a certain amount of space, it forces you to be, number one, have clarity. It forces you to concentrate. It forces you to have creativity because you don't have infinite amount of time. You have to think out of the box. And it forces really commitment, too. So that's why I like constraints. Now, specifically for when it comes to your environment, it's like tabs open on your browser, you know, having a constraint on it or having it setting limitations on how many notebooks you're going to have or magazines that's going to be in your environment. That's one of the best ways to stop accumulating things and um, you know having more of a minimal uh, framework that you're filtering for. So if you say, okay, I'm only going to have this amount of magazines on my desk or on my shelf or open only X amount of browsers, that's your constraint. So it forces you to focus. I would also say that in your environment, no matter how large it is, to also constrain uh, not only the things in, in your environment, but the space. Parkinson's law says that we fill the time with what's available to us And so nature abhors a vacuum, so it will fill. Same thing about clutter, right? Less room means less room for clutter. I would say also it's important to review and come back to your environment and just have a quarterly or monthly review or a weekly review of your space and set time and schedule time to clean, to organize, to discard things every single week or every single month. And once a week at this time on Friday, Four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to clean my desktop at the end of this work, you know, of the work week or the work day, so that you have your to do items, they don't linger, and you have a clean slate to start the very next week or the very next day, depending on how you cut it. We know that studies have shown how our work habits, whether they're good or not so good, are often related to some kind of external trigger or cues. And we talk about this a lot in our memory enhancement program. So if you've gone through Quick Recall, the master class, It's we go into depth about creating triggers that spark new behaviors. Um, But researchers are increasingly tying our performance to our surroundings. Right. And when, when we visit the same places, we work at the same desk, you know, we're always being influenced by the same factors. But most people aren't conscious of it. One of our speakers at a prior quick learning event superhero you event was julia roy and she talked about the power of setting up environments because different places for different um places of mind if that makes sense right we know that different locations get anchored to certain activities you know our brains love habits and if we can associate certain qualities with different places it helps us get into that flow state a lot better right they call this task association that when you um when you're in your work environment, that's only what you do is work in that environment. You don't have entertainment there. You don't do other things there. Just the same thing when we talk about later, when we talk about sleep, you don't want to use your bedroom for anything other than your rest and your relaxation, your intimacy time. Because if you're using that as a place to study and you're creating that stress, you're associating that to the environment. Does that make sense? Or if you're using it for entertainment... Um, That's not necessarily the best thing ever either. That's why we recommend not looking at screens and watching TV in the bedroom because if you have sleep issues, those activities get anchored to the environment. And so you want to be able to control that. And so we talked about uh, brains love habits, but certain qualities get associated to different places. And so when we're talking about task association, this is your brain knows when you're in a certain place, you're taking a certain action. So you train yourself to be able to, to condition yourself when you go into an environment. And this is like, okay, this, when I'm here, I write. And that's the one thing that you do. Um, and so one of the things is really controlling your devices also. And that's what Julia talked about at our event. She's like, you know, when you have, uh, like, for example, you're an iPad, just use your iPad, have a designated iPad for work, have a designated iPad or a tablet for entertainment, but don't mix the two. Because, like, never use your work laptop to, to do anything other than um, study and work. Don't use it for entertainment because you want to, you know, do not want to mix associations and activities because your brain gets hardwired to go into state through conditioning. Um, so you want to be able to check that. So if you want to create a workplace that's productive, focus on making it easier to do things with these triggers and harder to do the tasks that you don't want to do. Um, One of the people we interviewed for our podcast is Dr. B.J. Fogg out of Stanford University, and he calls this designing for laziness. And he talks about sometimes it's as easy as turning off the phone or putting it in the drawer, so every time you're tempted to check it, you have to go through a more difficult process, a a longer process, while other times it might mean unplugging your TV, uh, you know, or putting something in the closet, so you're setting up the environment uh, to, to win, to make it difficult to do the things that are going to distract you. Um, There was a study done in UC Irvine that shows it could take up to 20, 23 minutes just to recover from one distraction. So it's no wonder that work environment's full of, you know, social connections and everything else and lots of shiny objects can really hurt your productivity it's incredibly difficult given the types of distractions in an office if you work in an office one of the most effective means of like combating the challenges of distraction is really switching up your your work environment because some people you don't you have limited control over it right if there's lots of noise going on and people bothering you you have to be able to do the best you can with what you have there was a study done at, at Harvard Business Review has shown that workers who are able to control their environment, they just have better focus and they perform better. So, a few tips on that, I would say to and now again take each of these things and filter it for your own life to see what's doable and what's applicable for you. Some of people listening to this might might not apply. So, one of the things that I do is I turn off the Wi-Fi when I'm writing. I turn off the Wi-Fi, and it's really easy to do because when you turn off your internet you won't change in your workplace right you're not moving a desk or changing things around but it could lead to a big mental shift right because when you don't have accessibility to things that are going to distract you you know checking emails social media all that stuff it can make a difference. You control your environment by putting a sign outside of the door to your office or to your your home wherever you're studying that just says that you're busy. You know, I'm focusing right now, do not interrupt so people don't bother you, so you control the environment. One of the other things about having a clean environment that's good for focus is also being conscious of the lighting. Um, I could do a whole session on this, but basically lighting can have a big impact on your productivity you know, when it comes to reading and looking at screens because your eyes are very sensitive. And so natural lighting is the best. Um, Indirect uh, sunlight is the best for establishing consistent focus and sleep patterns. If you regularly sit in a dark office, try to try to fix that right and then also one of the harms is fluorescent lights so you could google that and search about you know the the harsh fluorescent lights you know you want to be able to opt for something that's that's more conducive that doesn't really strain uh, your eyes another couple quick tips on this is controlling your environments the sound and so if there's noise in your environment then you want to be able to control that either canceling out the noise asking people to be quiet or if you don't control that you know, you, you have noise canceling headphones, or if you want to try music, some people really like creating a, a playlist that allows them to use like focus music. And we could talk about this a little bit in a future session, but there's certain music that helps to really engage us. Um, according to uh, the, it was in the New York times, 15, 30 minutes of listening to music, the right kind of music, could help you to regain your concentration. And we're thinking about music that really boosts your mood, increases your productivity, not having lyrics so much, but more instrumental or acoustic music. And so those are some ideas in terms of sound, either canceling out the sound, controlling the environment using music. Um, the, other, the last thing I would mention for you is this. Um, it's something about having a focus friend. And we talked about this in a previous session where I talked about how the people you spend time with really affects your focus concentration, and it's called the the Hawthorne Effect. And basically what that is, is it might sound counterintuitive um, to invite somebody into your work environment um, because it might be distracting, but studies show that being watched while working can lead to productivity boosts. And they call this the Hawthorne Effect. Basically, the people will change their behavior when they feel or they know that they're being observed. And that makes sense, right? Like lots of times I will um I'll, I will go out of the office I'll work at the at a coffee shop or I'll work at the at a bookstore and I'll ask a friend to come along and I won't really talk with my friend but my friend is very focused and he will he just gets things done and just knowing that he's sitting at the table with me and we're in flow together um, this, this really relates to subjects of, they do scientific experiments, but the same basic principle applies. When you invite a focused, productive person to work with you, not actually collaborating with you, but just being in the environment, you might see an increase in productivity and focus in your attempt to be able to be accountable, and your attempt to also keep up with that pace, right? It's like running, having a, a buddy to run with. And so having a focused friend is something that I would recommend. Remember this, QuickBrain. Your focus is like a muscle. It grows stronger and sharper with proper training. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored to be your focus coach. What does that mean? In just 30 days, we will train your focus to fix to come one more time. In just 30 days, we will train your focus to fix a wandering mind so you can achieve your biggest goals. You can get more information and join our coaching community by going to quickbrain.com forward slash focus. And you'll also receive a 50% discount there for being a podcast listener. So thank you so much. That's kwikbrain.com forward slash focus.